No, not really. You are a fat piece of shit. You're listening to Epic Cheat Day with your host, Derek Strong. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, ugly, Fateful listener. We actually do have listeners. Guys, shout out to the listeners of the Epic Cheat Day podcast. Um, I've had a couple of people actually come up to me and tell me that they like the podcast, that it's actually affecting them, that they, um, you know, that they, uh, they're, they're feeling a bit inspired by me. And that's not my goal, to be honest. I mean, sure, fuck it. If you do inspire people, that's great. But like, my goal is to entertain. First and foremost, uh, I, I talk out of my, and by the way, this is a little disclaimer. I talk right out of my fucking ass. Uh, none of the things that I fucking say on here. I mean, they, they listen, they, there, a lot of it is trial and error stuff. I'm learning as I go. So if I say something that isn't factually accurate, I mean, go fuck yourself and die in a fucking fire. I don't care. I'm not doing this for factual accuracy. I'm doing this again. Like I said, I'm learning as I go. Anyway, guys coming in hot epic cheat day. Episode four, fear and self-loathing in Chicago, a.k.a. the ill-fitting shoe. That is the title of this episode. We're going to talk about self-esteem issues. We're going to be talking about self-esteem issues as they pertain to weight, weight loss. And uh, more importantly, and more um, because we sort of covered that in uh, episode two. Check out episode two. Uh, We covered some of it, um, a suit of armor. But I want to focus more on the comedy aspect of it. Because me going to the gym, losing weight is definitely affecting my approach to comedy because I do a lot of self-deprecating humor. I've like I have a really solid 10 minutes and seven minutes of that is self-deprecating. And it's not the the I mean, this was great material. I have clips of me fucking killing a laugh factory with it in front of actual human beings. And it's not working anymore because uh I think the reason why we'll discuss the reason why before we get into that, let let me give a shout out to my unofficial sponsors. Of course, White Castle. It's always going to be fucking White Castle. I told you guys this This is every fucking epic cheat day has me eating White Castles. I love White Castles. I love their product. I love the store. I love the fact that they use the Jewish colors for the fucking store like this is. I'm not even a big fan of being Jewish, but I'll be Jewish for White Castle. If I get a if I get a yarmulke with the White Castle fucking logo on it, I'm gonna be wearing that fucking yarmulke all the time. Lachaim and Mazel Tov and a side of fucking cheese fries. Am I right? Do they do clam strips still? Because that is not kosher. But I I fucking love their clam strips, dude. If they White Castle used to, I think they may have to trade them out for fish nibblers because people are like I don't want to get anything clam related at White Castle, but people are wrong. The clam strips. Ooh. Yeah, that type of clam, too. Like, uh, you know what stays away from you if you eat too much white glass? The other kind of clam doesn't want to deal with you. Uh, yeah, that's that's crude. I know. I'm sorry. I do have female listeners, and I apologize. Uh, I'm not referring to anybody's clam trap. <laughs> but I am referring to the clam strips that they have at White Castle, the unofficial sponsor of Epic Cheat Day. Uh, and, uh, guys, guess what? I don't know how famous I'm supposed to be before I start fucking kids, but White Castle, get at me. Haven't fucked a kid yet. Uh, don't plan on doing it. 
bit reprehensible in my book. I know some some people are okay with it. They're completely fine with it. But for me, I, I'm not about that life. I'm not about that kid fucking life. I don't know what Jared was thinking, man. I don't know what he was just like this. I, 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 I'm loving these Subway sandwiches. Is there an additive in Subway sandwiches that made him fuck kids? I don't know. That's for a different podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, the unofficial sponsors. Another unofficial sponsor, planet motherfucking fitness, dude. I went to planet fitness today. I don't use the word dude often. So, you know, I'm about to tell you some shit. I took two, I accidentally took two days off from going to the gym and I'm standing outside Planet Fitness waiting them, waiting for them to open up like they were selling crack and I haven't smoked crack in a couple of days. Not that I smoke crack now, but if I were a crackhead, it was like they were handing out free fucking donuts and I wanted to get the first 50. Like I was I was jonesing again into Planet Fitness because that's what Planet Fitness does. They provide fitness equipment in a very sterile environment. It's sterile and clean. And uh, you go there and guess what? You work out. It's just that fucking simple. They they don't have all the extra. You don't need anything extra. I keep trying to explain this. You don't need anything extra. You go to Planet Fitness, and guess what? You get in shape. Okay? You lose weight. You have a good time. Okay? I still don't understand why they have a bagel day and a fucking pizza day, because that's just, that's horrifying. Hey, listen. That, that, that's, they're on, Planet Fitness is on their journey, just like I'm on my journey with the Epic Cheat Day podcast, and uh, guess what, Planet Fitness, get at me, sponsor the fucking podcast, throw me a little bread, throw me a little bread, I take selfies in your mirror, and people like the selfies, because they're like, oh shit, this fat guy isn't as fat anymore, and he's eating White Castle, going to Planet Fitness, uh, and he's dropping some weight, so uh, yeah, get at me, Planet Fitness, um, let's see, any other unofficial sponsors this week? Not that I could think of. I mean, uh, you know, we're, um, I'm actually, uh, I had my fifth Epic Cheat Day, so, uh, we're going back to the fourth. What else, who else can I give a shout out to? Um, I don't know. I don't know. No, we'll just go with the OG. Those two unofficial sponsors right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Planet Fitness, White Castle. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to throw Popeyes in the mix because I haven't had Popeyes in a while. I know everybody made a big deal about their chicken sandwich, but I know for a fact that Popeyes has been selling a fucking sandwich for a really long time. And I was with a friend yesterday and we figured it out that, or at least I think I vaguely remember that White Castle had a sandwich, but I think they were making it with their chicken tenders as opposed to like a solid piece of chicken. So, uh,. I don't know. I, I'm, if I go to Popeyes, I want fucking chicken on the bone chicken. Okay. Shout out to the spicy. And if you go to if you go to Popeyes, fucking get the spicy. Um, if you get a biscuit, get the honey for the biscuits. Get honey for the chicken. They have honey packets, and they'll give you a fucking handful of them. So ask for a honey a handful of honey packets, squirt it all over everything, eat it. It's delicious. Popeyes is the best fried chicken on the goddamn planet. Uh, shout out to Popeyes. Uh, Popeye sponsored me. Uh, guess what? Um, didn't fuck a kid. So, uh, you can get at me. No kitty porn. This is the no kitty porn podcast. Derek strong. Epic cheat day. Episode four, baby. Episode four. So before we go into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, let me go over my cheat day. This is the cheat day. Number four for the epic cheat day podcast started off. I started off strong, man. I really did. I fucking got the daddy case. Of White Castle cheeseburgers. That's 16 of those fucking things. 
16 White Castle cheeseburgers in a case. That's 2,720 calories. Um, I also put some uh, fixings on there. I put some pre-cooked bacon. And guys, listen, I fucked up. I got regular thin skinny bacon. And uh, don't do that. Um, the reason why is because it you you it gets lost. It gets lost. I don't know if you guys have had White Castles before, but if you haven't, they're very fucking overpowering. So next time I do it, I totally want to put bacon on there. Uh, I put tomatoes on there too. I like the tomatoes on there. But uh, yeah, man, I was gussing them up with bacon, trying to make them fancy. But you got to get the thick cut bacon. Thick cut bacon. So that was an additional 315 calories. And uh, I ended this cheat day by knocking down three Nathan's hot dogs. Now, Nathan's originated from New York, from Coney Island. And people will attest to the fact that if you have them at Coney Island, they taste different than anywhere else. Uh, especially if you get a package or if you get it from a Nathan's uh, either restaurant or a Nathan. Uh, do they even have standalone Nathan's Arthur Treacher's restaurants out here? I don't know. We do have them in New York. Um, I know they have them in malls. I don't know if they have them in any malls out here, but uh, standalone Nathan's places. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be different. And the reason why, and this is a fascinating fact, is because they people will swear up and down that they taste different. The reason why that uh, people have proposed that they've tasted different if you have them in Coney Island, is because you're right by the Atlantic Ocean in Coney Island. You're right at the beach, and uh, they believe that the air from the beach water, I mean, the air from the ocean um, affects the flavor. And, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's going to. I mean, it's why, why would it not work like that? Same thing with saltwater taffy from, uh, from Atlantic City. You know, it's the, still the Atlantic Ocean. People would attest that that has an effect on it. So who knows? Anyway, I had three of those. Uh, those clocked in at 900 calories. And that brings the grand total for this week's Epic Cheat Day to 39.35. Not my best work, guys. Not my best work. 3,935 calories. Not my best work. But you know what? It was delicious, especially with the castles. I made those the centerpiece. Uh, get the daddy pack next time you go there. They don't officially call it that, but guys, you got to officially call it the daddy pack. Um, working out this week. What did I do? Exercise at the gym. Uh, here's what I did that was fucking stupid. Um, and I definitely changed this for cheat day number five. But cheat day number four, I ate a dozen of these fucking castles and then decided to go to the gym almost immediately after. Don't do that. Don't. It's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. Um, it uh, it feels very bad. You feel every bit of the dozen white castles that you eat as you're working out. As I mentioned before, man. Um, yeah. Uh, it's uh, you know, it was rough this week, especially this past week, because I missed two days back to back, not on purpose. I forgot that I had a show on Friday. Yeah, I do get booked on shows. Fuck you guys. Um, I forgot that I had a show, so and uh, I was gonna record this episode and go to my show right afterwards. Go to the, I mean, go to the gym right afterwards. Got reminded that I had the show, went and did the show, and there was no way I was gonna be able to fit the gym in. So yeah, that's what left me at Planet Fitness for opening time. By the way, Planet Fitness, 
you guys say you're 24 hours a day, five days a week. But if you do the math, it's only 24 hours a day, four days a week. Because three of those five days, three of the days out of the week, uh, you guys are closed for the weekend hours. So fucking, you can't have 24 by five because that it just it the the math doesn't work out. So, um, yeah. So, guys, got to really figure figure out your marketing or just I don't know. How about this? Just stay open 24 hours a day, seven days. Be the 7-Eleven of gyms. What's wrong with that? 7-Eleven's always open. People eat terrible shit at 7-Eleven. And then they want to go and they want to work it off. So why don't you just let them do that? I totally do that. I totally go to White Castle and then, I mean, uh, 7-Eleven. See, that's how much White Castle, that's how much I love White Castle. They just come up in random other things that aren't related or pertaining to them at all. There's no tag on this. Press check on Vegiclean, aisle five. I repeat, press check on Vegiclean, aisle five. That's Vegiclean. New segment to the podcast, five-star customer service. This is where I talk about my gripes being a cashier at a supermarket. And, uh, and it's about you guys, the fucking customers. You know, the customer is always right until they stop acting like a customer. That's a fact, okay? And how do you stop acting like a customer when you start being rude as fuck? I'm going to bring up one topic every single time that I do this podcast, and I'm going to just fucking rail on you guys for doing fucking... I won't even say dumb things. Maybe you don't even realize what you're doing just fucking irks the shit out of us. But holy goddamn Jesus, tap dancing Christ, you motherfuckers need to understand that when you come into a place, you're supposed to act a certain way, and fucking most of you guys don't do it. You somehow think that you're throwing money down. You could act however the fuck you want. And this this time in particular, the thing that I want to talk about is every supermarket has a conveyor belt system, okay, that brings the fucking item closer to the cashier so they could fucking slide it over the sensor and ring up your purchases, okay. This is help. This is made to help expedite your fucking order. And get you out of the door in in a, in a fast and efficient time. Frame, okay, we are graded. Now, the supermarket that I work at now is loose about it, but they do have metrics for every part of the transaction: the amount of time that it took to bring up all the items, the amount of time the whole transaction look uh, uh, took. If we have to do any line voids, change any prices, all of that is measured, and they keep track of it. Another supermarket that I worked at, not only did they do that, but after every shift, they sat you down and went over each and every fucking metric. And the reason why they did it, and they're, uh, you know, they, they are a better company than the work, one that I work for, but they have to be because they're all about efficiency, okay? Think about what country is known for efficiency. Think about a company that comes from that country, and you could figure out what company I'm talking about that I work for. They're all about efficiency, so they sit you down to try to make you more efficient. You being a cashier there is the most important part of that store. It's the first thing that everybody has to learn because it's the hardest job in that store, period. Harder than any other job in that store requires you to do every single job that's required in the supermarket. Anyhow, the place that I'm working at now, they're looser about it. 
but still understand what this whole belt process is. And the reason why I want to focus on the belt is because conveyor belt technology has not fucking changed since the beginning of conveyor belt technology. It operates on a very simple system of motors and wheels and a fucking conveyor belt. Okay? It stops and starts in a jerking fashion. So why in the bluest of fucks do people insist on standing vertical glass bottles of wine and or other liquids on its end? Like they're like they're putting it on a fucking table or on some place that's stationary on something that jerks and stops fast. Why do you insist on do it? Lay the fucking bottle down. We can figure it out from there. Okay, we could figure out how to take it and run it across the center. I think I may have gone over this in episode one, but it's still happening. It's still happening. I'm going to keep pushing this fucking issue till everybody realizes that you lay it down. Okay, and not don't lay it down vertically from you so that it's sideways on the belt because that's just going to make it roll down the fucking belt. No. All right. Lay it towards the end of the belt front to back. Okay. And, and just do that. Is it that fucking hard to do? No. You want, I want to stand up 47 bottles of kombucha. And fucking, why do you want it? Why do you insist on doing that? You're making my life harder. You're making your life harder. You're wondering why your bottle of wine, you're buying fucking bottles of wine 17 at a time because you have an alcohol problem. You fucking lush. I get it. I want to help you drink yourself to death. Why don't you help me make that job easier? Okay. Make my life easier. Why don't you help me facilitate your fucking need to drink 17 bottles of wine at one time? Lay the bottle down. Lay the bottle down. Just lay the fucking bottle down. Okay. Lay the bottle down so it doesn't fucking fall on the ground and break and splash everywhere and like oh i didn't know you didn't know you're seeing this fucking thing teeter back and forth the whole entire time it's on this fucking belt and you can't figure out hey you know what there's something i could do about it i literally i will reach as i'm dealing with the customer that's in front of me i will reach as far down on the belt as i possibly can to take bottles and lay them on the side and people people were like this oh yeah that's right yeah of course it's fucking right this why is this new to you you've been shopping as a kid do you know i know people are shopping at kids we actually have little small shopping carts for fucking kids because they want to be interactive in the action we want to train kids at an early age you know this is how you spend money Okay, you go to grocery stores and you buy 16 bars of chocolate and White Claw because you're a fucking fat drunk who needs to be a fat drunk until the day that you die at 54 of a heart attack. Okay, that's what we do with kids. Uh, We train them at an early age. And parents, you should be teaching your kids. First of all, why are you having kids? The world has five more years left. All you're doing is just making more fucking food for the barbarian raiders after they finish raping and eating you they're gonna definitely rape and eat your kids that's all you're doing is just making food for them stop having fucking kids uh you know start planning accordingly and you know just start adopting pets because they're gonna be your livestock anyway all right post-apocalypse aside fucking lay down your bottles lay down your fucking bottles okay i'm gonna keep doing it if you come to my grocery store and you put a whole bunch of fucking bottles on there, I'm going to try to lay them down. And uh, don't stop me from doing it or don't lift it. Definitely don't fucking lift them back up. Definitely don't fucking lift them back up. Don't. You want to see me spaz out on you. I don't care. I don't care enough about the job or my livelihood to fucking let you get away with that. 
I will instantly stop everything that I'm doing to lay them down repeatedly. Repeatedly, if need be. And it's Super Bowl weekend. I know I'm going to be dealing with a bunch of dizzy, drunk motherfuckers who are just like, I want to get bottles of wine because it's better than beer. Beer is for trashy people. Yeah, beer also has considerably less alcohol than wine. Okay? And you'll get less drunk drinking the same quantity of beer as you would wine. I, I love... I You know my favorite thing on fucking dating apps are... And I, you know, because again, you know, I'm a guy searching for women and on the dating. This is why I don't use them because all the fucking profiles are generic. I love to travel, yoga, Pilates, masters, and the third one, wine enthusiast. Why? You're a, you're a fucking alcoholic. If you're doing fucking bottomless brunch, you're an alcoholic. If you're a wine enthusiast, you're an alcoholic. Why? Because wine fucks you up. Okay, for $12, you could get a box of Franzia. Go ahead, fuck with Franzia. I fucked with a $12 box of Franzia. I woke up three days later with the fucking package ripped out of the box, laying on my chest like a giant Capri Sun. I have no idea what happened for three days, okay? Go ahead, fuck with, keep thinking that one. Ooh, it's classy and fancy because we put it in a fucking glass. That shit fucks you up. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. This is flaming fucker. Okay, flaming dragon, fuck face. First, take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Woo! So, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, going to lean back. If you hear a little movement, I just want to get a little comfortable with you guys today because we're going to be talking about, as I mentioned before, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Uh, we're going to be going into, the, going into the bone gristle, if you will, or the gristle of the steak. If you will, we're gonna be talking about uh, self-esteem and self-esteem issues, and how that pertains. Because I'll tell you what, man. Listen, look. When you do comedy, especially when it pertains to comedy, because when you do stand-up comedy, you know you start relying on certain things, especially when you start developing your character. Because when you know when we're up there and we're performing for the non-comics, you have a stage persona. You do. We all do, whether or not we realize it or not. It's, you know, we're, it's a heightened version of ourselves if you're doing it correctly. You know, if you're going for something a little bit more uh, strange or weird or, you know, you're trying to do all comedy, maybe you're going to come up with, you know, more characters. Like a big example, one of my heroes, Andrew Dice Clay, the Dice character was one of six characters that he came up with. And that was the one that hit. So that's why he stuck with that one. Total character. Kind of based on the guy himself, but if you ever hear him in interviews and stuff like that, he's nowhere near as confident or as cocky as the Dice character was. Um, the man certainly doesn't have views like that character either. Um, hell of an actor, too. Like that, that, But anyway, I digress. But, uh, you know, we're supposed to be portraying this character, and we have, like, we go up on the stage, the heightened version of ourselves, and I noticed something, and this is a, a strange uh, thing, but I noticed that when I'm feeling like shit or something shitty happens to me and I go up and I perform and I perform all of my self-deprecating bits, I got a better response from it. And when I was feeling good about myself, I performed these self-deprecating bits and I wouldn't get as good a response. And it took me a while to realize that the reason why that happened is because there was no truth in what I was saying. Like, I didn't believe it. You know, I didn't believe what I was saying. And guys, whether you believe not, believe that or not, believe this or not, 
that matters, you know, because we're not reading from a script. We're not performing Shakespeare up there. We're letting people into us and who we are as people when we're on that stage, right? And we're trying to show them windows to ourselves through the filter of this character and this persona that we're putting up there. And um, again, a lot of the I'm making it sound more technical than it is because I, I can't speak for anybody else. I mean, I don't think anybody's contriving their their stage persona in such a way where they're actually writing down. Well, I want to have this characteristic or mannerism. No, it just develops somewhat naturally or very naturally. I know for me, my character, my stage persona developed pretty fucking naturally. But, you know, again, when. I'm feeling good about myself and I go into the self-deprecating stuff. It just, it just doesn't work. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you a great example. This happened very recently. I was doing a show at second city, um, you know, and, uh, shout out to second city. I was doing a show at second city, Judy's beat lounge. And I was the first comedian to go up. And usually that's like my favorite spot on any show. I want to go up first or I want to host. I don't, you know, you could get somebody who's been more seasoned to be a headliner. I want to set the stage because I want the headliner to try to meet me at my level. Because when I go out there, I'm bringing a lot of energy, period. I'm bringing a lot of energy. I want to raise the energy. I know it's going to help this show out in general. I know it's going to bring everybody up. And, uh, you know, you get me going up first. You get a lower energy comic going next. So you can settle the audience back down. And, you know, you could like that's that's just, you know, show booking 101. You know, you want people to go on a little bit of a roller coaster. You want to take them for a ride, if you will. I'm sorry if I'm fading in and out. It's just I keep switching position to get more comfortable. I don't know why I'm lacking comfort. I think because we recorded a podcast right before this. Check it out. The R word. Um I was a guest on it. It's hosted by Greg Bartusiak, Johnny Cosmo, Michael Johnson. It's exactly what you think it is if you think of a podcast called The R Word. So we've been here. I've been in this studio now for three hours, so I think I'm just uh, getting a little antsy. So if you hear me moving around a lot, you hear fading in and out a lot. That's, uh, that's what's happening. Hopefully Mike can fix it in post. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Um develop the character uh, or it gets developed naturally. I'm at second city and I'm going up first and um, uh, there's a young lady who I'm seeing now. Let's give it up for that. Woo. And the young lady I'm seeing right now, uh, she came to visit me to, you know, watch the show, right? She actually bought a ticket and everything, brought her friend with her. I'm going up and the first three minutes of my of the 10 minutes that I'm running when I do a 10 minute set the first three minutes are extremely self-deprecating extremely self-deprecating so it's I'm about to go up there go on my set and it's just like wait a second I'm performing at Second City I'm performing in front of a live crowd um this is a show that people are paying to see I'm going up first I'm doing 10 minutes worth of time my name's on the poster for it, and there's a beautiful young lady coming to check me out and see me perform for the first time. How am I supposed to fucking self-deprecate? I don't feel bad about myself. I just went to the gym. I lost a bunch of weight already. I'm doing everything that I want to do with my life. You know, as much as I want to shit on myself for fucking for being a cashier at a grocery store, you know, the fact of the matter is I have a job. I well, not my credit card bills, but every other fucking bill is paid. How am I, how, how can I talk, how can I 
how am I feeling bad right now? Am I, how am I feeling bad enough to convince a crowd, even in an unconscious way, or you know, even even in some underlying way, even have the correct tone to be able to say these things about myself where I'm talking bad about myself. And guess what? I went up there. I performed I performed the jokes the way I would perform them any other time that I've ever performed them. But there was a disconnect between me and the audience. And it's not because I'm looking fantastic or amazing. It's not like they're looking at me. These people have never seen me before in their life. They have no idea what they're in for. You know, it's not like I'm going up there being like a stellar rock star. It's just, I, you know, you can tell that they were like, what is he doing? Like, it's not, it's, I'm performing something that isn't real to me. And it's, again, with comedy, I, again, the comics that I connect with are the ones, the most are the ones that either have like a very defined character that they could go into and, uh, like Andrew Dice Clay, where he gets into the, when he gets into the character, he becomes that character for the time that he's doing that character, which I can't do, or it's the ones that are the heightened version of themselves. I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. I'm wearing a pro wrestling t-shirt right now. And, you know, the wrestlers that really, really affect me, especially when it comes to their mic work, are the ones that kind of inhabit the character that they're portraying. The Rock is a great example of that. The Rock went out there and he was supposed to be, you know, a cocky, arrogant douchebag from Miami. And guess what? He was able to pull that off because there was some of that in himself. So he's just able to bring that to a heightened level. Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, when he was earlier in his career, he was booked as a, a pretty boy in the vein of Ric Flair. That doesn't fit his persona at all, you know? He comes out as a rattlesnake, as a beer-swilling redneck. That's kind of who the character was, so that's why it made more of a connection to the audience. Even though he was a phenomenal wrestler beforehand, he was a you know, great technician, he comes out and... You know, that's we're going to do a wrestling episode later on down the line. But the point that I'm trying to make is that when it's truer to you as a performer. And again, I don't know this from any book. I just know it from performing. And I've known when I've gotten a better response from the crowd is when it's truer to you, it's going to be truer to them. Okay, it's easier to it's not, you know, because you're not trying to make it funny. It just is funny because you're being you. And whatever it is that you're saying is funny. Um, and that's the hard part now. And that's the reason why I bring that up and why I wanted to focus on that first and foremost is that, well, now I'm going to the gym. Now I'm seeing somebody. Now people are paying attention in a different way. Now uh, I'm feeling a bit more confident about myself. So... The character, the stage character, Derek Strong, you know, my name is Derek Sanappi. My, you know, my stage name is Derek Strong. The character of Derek Strong kind of has to evolve from here. And I'm, you know, I'm struggling with that. And I kind of felt it towards, because last year I was uh, towards the end of the year, the last three months, I kind of took a little bit of hiatus. And I take hiatuses a lot with comedy. I can't go hard like you know, I, I always said I can't go hard like these fucking kids. I respect the fact I respect their hustle and their grind. Um, I've seen a lot of people who started after me that are a lot further along in their career and good for them. I, you know, I don't begrudge them at all. I think, you know, whatever success is going to come to you, you know, take it when it comes up, you know, take your opportunities. Uh, for me, I just for my own sanity, I can't go as hard as as maybe I even want to. 
And to be honest, I don't really want to. You know, I kind of like the position that I'm in. I like getting the shows that I get on. Um, not going for any shows right now. Uh, you know, anyway, so I, I took a break. I took a bit of a hiatus. I came back in September. So from between September and December, I did something like 35 or 36 shows, which is decent. You know, it's decent. Uh, you know, and shows that are outside of open mics, obviously, for people who don't know what that means. So, you know, there's... Comedians go to open mics to practice their material for shows. Um, you know, at the level that I'm at, it's great when a show pays you, but it's not it's not as frequent, obviously, because I'm still a fairly lower-level comic, okay? That's not a knock against me. It's just, you know, there are levels to this shit. There is. There's levels to everything, so there's levels to comedy. You know, but this is how you get better. You get booked on shows, which means you're allowed to do more time, which, uh, you know, puts you in front of crowds of actual people instead of other comics waiting to go up. So you're able to develop, you know, who you are and develop as a comic a lot better. And that's why there's lower level shows. And that's that helps you as a performer anyway. So about 35, 36 shows in that amount of time. You know, I may be missing a few or adding a few. You know, it's the, 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 say between... 33 and 40 shows okay uh in that time period and now i have like one maybe i think coming up in february uh burnt barbecue thank you shout out to jessica diana uh my comedy wife as i like to call her uh she's also my arch nemesis uh for booking me on the show but i don't really have i think i have one other one besides that and part of the reason why is because i started this quote-unquote fucking journey it's a journey the weight loss journey i started this journey uh back in november and while i was still like at the tail end of the shows and i started realizing that oh shit this is gonna be this is gonna be hard to do now how am i supposed to sell this fucking character to people how am i supposed to be able to do this shit that i've been doing because i'm definitely less of a writer comic because with comedy, there's different aspects of it. There's yes, you have to write jokes to uh, that are funny, okay. But then you also have to be able to perform the jokes well enough that people pay attention. Like I know comedians that are phenomenal writers; they're not really the greatest performers, and you know you could see it in their performance. Like they'll perform the joke or the same way over and over again. And they get booked too. I mean, you know, but they are, and they'll themselves say that. They themselves will say they're not the best performers. They're more writers. Me, I'm more focused on the performance aspect. So my writing is definitely not, has never been my A game. But I wanted to rely on the performance aspect. And when you hear my type of humor, my type of jokes, it's very reliant on that, right? It is. So, you know, I'm trying to perform and approach it a certain way. And I can't, it's like I can't, again, there's this disconnect there because now it's like, Wait, so all these chips I had on my shoulder, being heavy, right? Not going to the gym, not focusing on my health, not really trying to like, you know, be better. You know, all these things that were weighing me down mentally, they're starting to evaporate. But my material isn't changing. My approach to writing and generating material isn't changing. It's still the same fucking thing. You know, what gives there? doesn't have me concerned you know i'll adapt at the times i mean i you know like to think that i'm funny enough that i could still come up with things that aren't like that but just weird you know and i don't know if you guys have experienced that you know it doesn't even have to be with comedy but 
if you guys have experienced that while you have, you know, changed your weight or changed how you look, changed your appearance or, you know, started feeling more confident or better about yourself, have you have you had to change your approach to different situations? If you have, get at me. Epic Cheat Day Podcast at Gmail, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, you know, that's how you could look uh, look me up, Epic Cheat Day Podcast. You know, I'm the first thing that comes up. So, uh yeah, get at me. Hit me up. Um, you know, I'll definitely get back to you. I want to hear your story. And thank you again for listening. Um, you know, I don't, I, you know, I see the statistics for the show. I don't know what they mean, but from my understanding, when I've asked other people about their podcast, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well with this. So people are listening. So thank you so much for listening. You know, and, you know, again, I'm interactive. If you want to get at me, definitely, definitely do that. Um, You know, especially when it comes to this topic, you know, whether you're a comic, whether you're just in life, you know, I know when I've lost weight before, people totally started talking to me different, you know, Uh, and to be honest, like I mentioned in the um, suit of armor episode, like my, my views of myself didn't change because, you know, the the. The self-image, the inner self-image didn't change, you know, but now that is a changing. So, you know, if I don't feel the way that I've been portraying myself for, for very long, for almost my whole life, then how am I supposed to, you know, cope with that and cope with that change? I mean, you know, it's a, you know, it sounds like a great thing to have, which it is, you know, it is. I'm grateful that I have to, you know, that I've, around to actually do it and I don't want to I don't feel like a pompous asshole I hope I'm not coming across as a pompous asshole because I don't think I'm fucking great I just I feel better about myself you know I feel better about myself which is good but it's also scary because it is new and it's not something that I experienced before when I did uh, any major transformation so which I've tried doing now, as I mentioned before, this is my third time. Third time's a charm. Um, usually I'm more animated on this show. What else? What can I say that's funny? I don't know. I thought you were um, trying to lose weight. Lay off me, I'm starving. Woo! It's flared up. The Holidays. This movie that uh we're gonna be reviewing and uh it was a movie that i watched for this installment of Derek strong watches chick flicks the holiday came out in 2006 it was written directed by nancy myers it stars kate winslet cameron diaz jute law and jack the motherfucking man black it has a Rotten Tomato score of 49%, an audience score of 80%, and guess what? The audience is right on this one. This show, this movie is fucking great. And by the way, Jack Black will be referred to as the motherfucking man for the remainder of this review. Um, and I put Kate Winslet as top billing. I believe Cameron Diaz is top billing, but fuck all that noise. Kate Winslet is darling in this movie. I've seen it before. Um, it's great. Uh, I, uh, so the, here's the basic plot of the movie. So basic plot, it's actually two chick flicks rolled into one. Okay. So it's, uh, you have Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. There are, there's a website where, um, Kate Winslet, uh, puts her home up and saying, saying that, uh, and basically you could swap houses. That's the gist of it. So Kate Winslet lives in this like 
beautiful uh, country house in um, the countryside outside of England, uh, London, England. Uh, it's a, she mentions like half an hour outside of uh, London, England. It's picturesque, right? And um, Cameron Diaz lives in this like super mansion in fucking in L.A. And they swap houses and uh, they swap houses, they swap cars. And I think it's supposed to be for two weeks or something like that. And they both have their different reasons for wanting to do it. Um, Kate Winslet is in love with a co-worker who's played by... God, what? Oh, God. Um, he played... Uh, fuck. He played um, John Smith in um, in uh, Man in the High Castle. Um, uh, Rufus Sewell, I believe, is Sewell Sewell. Uh, Rufus Sewell plays, um, plays this... Uh, a co-worker who uh, who she's absolutely in love with, and he he kind of dogs her out, you know. He relies on her, and he uh, kind of and they slept together once, but she's still in love with him, and she wants to leave because he has just recently got engaged, and she's the one who does all of the weddings for the newspaper that she works at. So there, she actually has to cover this guy's fucking wedding. So um, yeah, that kind of pisses her off, rightfully so. So she wants to swap houses with somebody. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, Cameron Diaz is looking to take a break from her life in L.A. Cameron Diaz cuts film trailers. Um, and by the way, this is something that uh, affected me a lot when I watched uh, um, when I the last movie that I reviewed, Marriage Story. Uh, and one of the reasons why I didn't like it. And I figured out the reason why. Because all these, like, romantic movies, rom-coms and... Uh, you know, quote unquote chick flicks. But one of the things they have in common is we have these people living their dream lives. And, you know, and I found that to be like very much so a disconnect with marriage story. And I figured out the reason why. The reason why is because they're supposed to be modern day fairy tales, these fucking things, okay? Marriage story is not that. It's a hard drama, okay? You can't have whimsy in the form of these people living this idealized life. And I get it, maybe that was the point, is that like, oh, you think they have everything, but they still struggle with divorce. But they don't struggle with divorce the way actual people struggle with divorce, you know what I mean? They have money to throw at their fucking divorce, which in a lot of ways makes divorce worse, I get it. But like, you know, I want to be able to connect more with those people going through a struggle, and I want to have this fantasy fairy tale life when I watch movies that are about fantasy fairy tales lives, like the the holiday, you know, you know. I mean, come on, she she's visiting Kate Winslet's house, which is basically a snow globe. Okay, it's a fucking snow globe in real life. I mean, you go, you're like, whoa, and like, you know, she's supposed to be the fucking poor one, really? I guarantee you that house is worth millions of fucking pounds. Okay, I'm sure that costs that much money. Anyway. Jude Law's in it. Jude Law plays uh, Kate Winslet's husband. Now, it's Jude Law, okay? It's Jude Law. I'm a straight guy. I would fuck Jude. I would let Jude Law fuck me on the middle of the red line. Fucking it's Jude Law. That is a beautiful fucking man right there. He is. He's a beautiful man. And uh, Cameron Diaz comes out there. And unlike other chick flicks, they fuck first night. They fuck within 15 minutes of meeting each other because they're both beautiful people. And that's just how that shit works. And I'm glad the holiday kept that fucking real. They kept it real. Okay. That's what happened. They instantly fucked. Instantly. Instantly fucked. Which uh, was good. I mean, that's a change of pace, you know. And they kept, they kept the Kate Winslet romance. And by the way, motherfucking man, Jack Black. 
Yeah, he's getting up all in the- He's getting all up in them sweet British fucking knickers. I said knickers! K-N-I-C-K-E-R-S That- those are- that's pants in British terminology. You don't even want to know what they call cigarettes over there. Anyway. Look it up online. I'm not gonna say it on here, cause uh... The cancelled podcast with your host, Eric Strong. Anyway. Uh... And by the way, I, any movie that has fat dude on hot chick action is always going to get extra bonus points for me every single fucking time. Jack Black is charming as fuck in this movie. Uh, even with his weird fucking psycho eyebrows, he's fucking, he, he's awesome. Kate Winslet owns me in this movie. You know, I, I'm not the biggest Kate, Kate, Kate. Kate Winslet fan, but, uh, she is, she's, when she cries in the movie, it, it, it chokes me up a little bit. I'm like, oh, I just want to give her a hug. I want to give her an American hug that Jack Black gives her in the movie. Now, that was one thing that pissed me off. Okay, so they're the ones that have the big, like, romance money shot at the end of the movie. Um, you know, the traditional ro- uh, romance uh, chick flick, you know, build up and will they, won't they, you know, kind of thing finally happens for them. Here's the thing. It's a blink and you missed it moment. They kiss on the lips one time. And then after that, I mean, you, if you didn't know better and you didn't see that scene, they could have, they could have lingered on that longer. Okay. And they could have showed a little bit more intimacy between them. And I get it. You know, how are you going to market this fucking fat dude to, you know, the, you know, the chick flick ticket buying public. But listen, man, you should have done it. Cause fucking that's the only thing this movie was missing was more. Jack Black on Kate Winslet action. You did get to see a lot of Cameron Diaz on um, Jude Law action. Which, by the way, if there if the word vapid grew legs and walked around, it would be Cameron Diaz. And I have no knock against her, but I mean, come on. I mean, she she got her she got her first song role in The Mask because she was banging the producer, and that's a fact. Look it up, okay? That look it up. And again, I'm not knocking her. It's just I. I don't know. Did you know this is a, a movie that I, I'm definitely going to record for the, uh, definitely going to review for it. Cause it's one of my favorite movies of all time, even though I found out that it's considered to be vaguely racist. And then I had to research why. And then I felt bad and beat myself up for it. And then I was just like, Oh, but I still like the movie. So I'm not going to beat myself up too much. And that's lost in translation. The character that, um, what's her name? Um, uh, Anna Ferris plays in, uh, in uh whatchamacallit in uh lost in translation is supposed to be uh cameron diaz so uh because sofia coppola directed it and this was actually part of sofia coppola's you know cribbed from her life the story of that so you know and then then that doesn't that fit if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about not again i'm not shitting on cameron diaz it's just to me she you know you know anyway so her story with uh, Jude Law is Jude Law is Kate Winslet's uh, brother. Um, you know, she's staying in her house. They hook up. And then, like, the big twist with them is it turns out that Jude Law is a widower and has two kids. Which I was just like, oh, okay, that's a nice little twist. All in all, um, um, okay, so all in all, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't. I can't recommend the holiday enough. It is ocean. Um, yeah, I'm just realizing I'm over time on this review because I can't say how much I like this movie enough. If you like chick flicks, this one is one of the, uh, it's one of the classics for a reason. So fucking good. 
check it out. Check it out tomorrow. Check it out by yourself, your guy, girl, doesn't matter. You're going to like this movie. It's entertaining. It's fun. It's whimsical. It has all the fairy tale elements. Hits all the right notes. Um, has an old Jewish writer in it as part as one of their plot device characters, but it's fucking awesome. Go check it out. Thanks. Well, I have just about had enough of you. Well, you wouldn't say that if I came with fries and a medium drink. <laughs> Guys, just to let you know, we have found a new home for the Strong Style Open Mic. First one starts on February 7th. 5.30 sign up, 6 o'clock open mic. It's going to be at Shakers on Clark. I could look up the address for you right now because I don't have it, you know, put in memory. But uh, Shakers has plenty of things going on there. What? 3104 North Clark Street, Chicago, Illinois. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's where that's where the pod, that's where the podcast, that's where the open mic's going to be. It's still going to be called Strong Style. They let me keep the branding because... I'm going to be the host, Derek Strong. Uh, Strong style is, of course, you know, a pro wrestling term. It's uh, it's a pro wrestling term based off of the, um, God, it's, I really want to find the address for you guys. So you could show up. Show up and say hi to me. Say hi. Oh, here we go. 3160 North Clark. It's 3160 North Clark Street, Chicago, Illinois. Come by. The first one, I'm actually running a showcase before the mic. The showcase is going to start at 6 o'clock. I have some of Chicago's finest comics on there. I'm going to go run down the list. Canute Gregory, Jessica, Diana Mizzitano, uh, Raza Joffrey, Aaron McDavis, Drew Lauren, Pratik Srivastava. I, of course, am going to be hosting. The open mic's going to follow after that. So uh, it's going to be a short mic because um, I want to focus more on the return of the Strong Style open mic. I don't know. Uh, it's probably a more serious slash somber episode. I think also because I spent two hours recording the R word with these guys that uh, uh, I'm a little bit drained of energy, but that's fine. Hey, look, not all of them have to be knock them out of the park fucking winners, right? Um, you know, and I'm not saying this one is it's pro- probably going to, I like it structurally. I like it better than, you know, you know, I think it'll be a good episode. I just, uh, you know, energy-wise, you know, I went to the gym this morning, worked out. Um, you know, that hasn't really changed either. So, I mean, yeah, I think as long as I maintain consistency, that's really what fucking matters. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's really it. I mean, last episode was long. This one, I guess, I don't know if it's going to be as long or if it's short. Uh, but, um... Yeah, guys, thanks a lot again for listening. It's, uh, it's, um, you know, you're showing your support. People are talking to me. Shout out to a listener of every episode of the podcast. I'm not going to name who she is, but, uh, um, she helped contribute to my epic cheat day number five, uh, food wise. Uh, she knows she's who she is. She's awesome. Thank you so much. The food was awesome incredible i'll tell you about that during the next episode but uh anyway guys thanks for listening mike we're good